0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Your Bright Future. This is our podcast from Loverage Counseling, where we are trying to connect home and family yeah, with school. Yeah. We want to have that really strong connection, and so today we're going to talk about something that may not be familiar to a lot of you, but we um, focus on it quite a bit as counselors in the mm-hmm. school. We've had quite a bit of um, training on how the ACE score or your or childhood Aces can affect. Um, us as adults and our students at school and so we just wanted to kind of do a give you kind of an overview of what it is and then kind of how we approach this at school with our students
1: totally and and this is like you said tanya this and and this is jared mr (laughs) ld seventh grade counselor currently um we this is something that comes up a lot as school counselors and, and, and for any mental health professional. And I love lately, probably just over our careers, I, I'd say there's been more of a focus on this in yeah. education as well for teachers to be aware, for, uh, but especially with the school counselors and psychologists and things like that. Um, so what ACES is, what that, that stands for is Adverse Childhood Experiences and kind of the background for that. I mean just to get it right off the bat life can be difficult it can be difficult for every one of us it 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 can be a challenge I I always tell struggling students life is the hardest thing around but also the the best thing right you know life it can be full of tough things and also beauty and wonder and love and goodness um but but as far as it the background of ACEs, the Adverse Childhood Experiences, it started in the mid-90s. There was a big Kaiser Permanente study where they kind of were trying to dig deep into... They were working with over 17,000 adults in California, and they kind of wanted to see... You know, there was a host of problems that they were manifesting as adults, and they kind of wanted to do a big correlation study to see if that reflected back... To any tough things that happen as children, mm. and and children in this case is you know anything under the age of eighteen, but yeah. especially early childhood, and and they found a huge correlation between um, tough things that you know happen in your early childhood and and up till eighteen, and and having some tough things later in life, and and I want to I want to get to some of the things I guess that happen. Later in life, some of the behaviors that they were looking at in adults that they were referencing back to include, you know, lack of physical activity, smoking, alcoholism, drugs, miswork, um, physical and mental health problems such as obesity, diabetes, depression, suicide attempts, STDs, heart disease, cancer, stroke, lung disease and, and broken bones. So that those are kind of the things that they were looking at in adults um, for that 17,000, you know, member survey. And, and and kinda trying to figure out if there was any connection or correlation going back to childhood. And they and they found a pretty, um, strong correlation to some tough things that happened in childhood. And and just to kinda dive into these and, and these can be heavy things for, for sure. For sure. And and it's interesting, I don't remember if you were there as before I was at Loveridge, but I think so. We we didn't a training with all the school counselors, and they kind of surveyed us, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: We took the little ACE test to see how many aces we had in our background, and we kind of, you know, compared to mm-hmm. each other, and it was interesting. That yeah, was yeah. a very interesting thing because we were all across the board. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. And I think, and and I might remember insightly incorrectly, but the average of the school counselors here in Washington District was like five and a half. Yeah. Which it which is you know higher than I would guess because this is out of ten, um, but but essentially. Um, you're, you're looking at if you've had how many out of these 10... Ch- adverse childhood experiences you, you know, a child's had, or maybe, you know, in your own mind, looking back that you had growing up. Um, and, and so they kind of break them into three different categories, abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. Um, abuse includes the three big areas of physical abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. And, and those are relatively straightforward categories. But if a, if a child's undergone injury, any of those, you know, they would have one, two, or three, right, out of the 10. Neglect, physical neglect and emotional, and and I often like to think that physical, you know, means that you're not getting the support you need. You're not getting clothing or food Mm -hmm. or or the shelter you need. Basic needs met. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and emotional neglect. uh, Some people grow up not ever hearing, you know, that they're loved. Or Mm -hmm. or, I I actually read there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score where they go do a deep dive into this, and and I remember reading that and, and. um, it made me emotional reading it, but it's it just one of the things that stood out to me, just a little anecdote, just like I have a five and two year old right now. And, and you know, they're they're my whole world and they drive me crazy at the same time. But I, <laughs> hopefully they just know how much their mom and dad love them. But just imagining, you know, a little one or two year old coming into a room and never getting that look of love and excitement, you know, and they their in their from the adults in their life and their
0: well, faces. Well, and I think we're a little bit more in danger of that now, unintentionally doing that with our kids because of what we talk about so yeah, much, which yeah. is the technology. And we kind of tend to have our phones in front of our faces and the kids will come. I've seen this in my own family where either I or my husband have been on our tech and our kids come in and they're like, mom, 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 mm-hmm. mom. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it takes some time for me to be like, oh, you're here and you need me just a minute, you know. Uh-huh. And so I think that sometimes can translate into that emotional neglect for because sure. you're you're not paying the attention that you mm-hmm. need to pay.
1: And that is kind of a money area, right? But like if is. I'm looking back to my childhood, were there were my parents perfect? No, were they pretty great? Yeah, they had a
0: newspaper. Yeah, that exactly. Instead of the tech, it was the newspaper in for, front sure, of
1: their face. for sure, for um, sure. Or yeah, my dad looking at running race scores or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know he, that was his thing. But anyway, so neglect was those. To physical and emotional, and then the household dysfunction uh, um, breaks down into mental illness, and, and and again, I I like to think that impairs the student. So that doesn't mean like your older brother had ADHD, right? You know, it, it's things that negatively impact on a on a kind of ongoing chronic level for the right. household. Um, the next one, mother treated violently, where a person or student hears or sees that happen. Um, divorce in the family, and and, and and actually in their literature, you know, loss of a parent as well, you know, to to death or you know just life, incarcerated relative where they have someone in their household that's been locked up, and substance abuse, and with that one too, I like to you know think in my mind that doesn't mean you know mom or dad has a beer to relax on in the mm-hmm. evening, but where the substances become again that negative stress, that negative problem. In the family's world, so so again with the A scores, um, you could kind of and, and you could Google and find you know little surveys where you could do this. But essentially, you want to total up how many of these you had in your own childhood, and and there's no right or wrong. You know, as as with any kind of tough things in life. It's never the person's fault, especially in the case of children. Right. But it. But it's good to know, you know, where where these fall, and just kind of anecdotally, and this isn't anything we measure, you know, with our students because of privacy privacy issues and everything. But just working with students, sometimes, you know, I could definitely say, wow, you know, visiting with a student, I know they have a their A score must be pretty high. Right. And and the reason that that is useful, the reason this is interesting, is is that the higher Someone's ACE score, you know, let's say you have a score of 0, 1, 2, you're dramatically lower risk for some of those risks I talked about, um, where if you're on the upper end, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you have significantly higher risk for some of those, you know, problematic behaviors as an adult. And, and, and to be clear, that doesn't mean destiny. That, yeah, you're that's, not doomed to, yeah, yeah. to
0: have a life of horrible failure or anything like that.
1: Totally not. Yeah, it's, it's not you know cement where your your life is just messed up forever, but but you're at greater risk for some of those tough things.
0: And knowledge is power, right? So if you can can make that connection and you can understand why some of the things are happening in your life, then it makes it a little bit easier to address them and to understand why... Things are happening and it kind of, I I believe it empowers you to be able to take the right steps, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're dealing with obesity, let's say, um, or diabetes or depression or something like that, and you recognize that that stems from something that happened in your childhood, then it makes it a little bit easier for you, especially as an adult, to say, well, this is why I am the way that I am. But I'm not in that situation anymore, mm-hmm. and so I have the power to change things. And we ha- we do as adults often have the autonomy and the power and the resources to be able to seek out a therapist or, or take extra care of ourselves. So we're we're not. Um, we're not just saying well i am the way i am mm-hmm. and i don't know why and i don't know mm-hmm. how to change it and we're just that's when you i think get stuck.
1: No but i love that. I love that empowering side mm-hmm. of it, right? Yeah, being armed with that knowledge and and that can be useful for our students as well as your children. And 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 again, if your children or yourself have undergone this, we're in, as a mental health <laughs> counselors, we're not at all in the blame game, right? We're no, we're no, not no. we're not saying, well, this is your fault. You need to get get together, but we are here to support and assist.
0: Yeah, and that same uh, training, uh, I remember a video we watched where it was kind of showing a student who is struggling with some of these adverse childhood experiences. And it, and it was like a child out in traffic. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this, but it's like a child out in traffic. And, and every time something like this happened, it would be like a car flying by mm-hmm. them and, and they're, how they're always in kind of this like high yeah, yeah, yeah. survival mode. And they're just trying to like get through the day. And so, um, and so that part was good for me to understand, because like you said earlier, a lot of these things aren't in, Students control, and a lot of times they're not even in parents' control. I mean, some things happen, and it's it's not anyone's fault. It's just life, right? But the knowledge of knowing like what students' reactions are like, and what their needs are, and why things are the way they are. I mean, that's fascinating to me, and it also helps give us background so that we can know better how to help students, right? And so in the schools, we've taken we've tried to take what we call a trauma informed approach. And so that basically just means that instead of just focusing on the academics here at school mm-hmm. and the, you know, three R's and the test scores and how they're understanding the materials that, that we at Lava Ridge, and I know a lot of the other schools in the area as well, that we really try to look at the whole child mm-hmm. and the big picture and we try to understand home life and we try to understand, you know, what their daily routine is like. And, and if we do intuit that there isn't an, an ACE situation or maybe a higher ACE score, mm-hmm. then that just helps us to be able to say, we need to take a little bit of a different approach. You know, we, we Definitely. can't just be like, come to school and do this and get your work done. You know, that we have to soften our approach and we have to be a little bit more caring and careful about the way that we make those students feel safe and supported, right? We know Maslow's hierarchy of Mm -hmm. needs, right? Like you have to be secure and safe in the basics in life. You have to have, you know, you have to feel safe. And then you can start to reach out and progress and become more self fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the goal of all of us is to become hopefully the best we can be. But if we are all stuck in the t- traffic, mm-hmm. if we're like just waiting to be hit by this car, we're not going to be focused on the test we have to take next week, or yeah. you know some other academic thing. And so it's important for us to realize that. And so as we so we train our teachers here at school, our district has been really great. Uh, Tammy Curtis over at the district um, has been so good at just making sure all of us know what the trauma-informed approach looks like and how we can help with that. Our district has set up mental health partnerships with um, Southwest Behavioral Health Center, and we have what we call the Mental Health Assistance Program that we can give any student in the school uh, four or five free therapy sessions. Um, It doesn't cost parents or students or insurance anything. And then if you wanted to continue on with that, you could. Um, We work with you to try to to keep that for as long Mm -hmm. as you need. But all of these things come together to kind of make sure students are supported and that they can know that when they come to school, that we're going to be, that we care about what's happening at home. We care about what's happening in their lives. And we want to make sure that we're not adding to the problem by Mm -hmm. putting more stress on them, that we want to say, hey, we understand that life is hard sometimes and that, you maybe are going through things that you don't have any control over right now. And so now, so we're going to cut you a break a little bit and we're going to work with you. We're not going to try We're not going to demand more than you're capable of. So that's another reason why our wellness center um, was developed here at school. You know, we have a room Mm -hmm. here at school, if you didn't know, uh, where students for any reason during the day, they don't even really have to divulge that to teachers. We tell the teachers, you know, if a student asks to go to the wellness center, don't dig into it just let them have a wellness pass and then they go down to the wellness center where then they can have access either to the wellness coach that's there or to the counselors if the, if it's something that's a little bit more serious if they want to talk about it they can come and talk to us and then we can then connect them with Uh, With often with their parents, sometimes Mm -hmm. kids are afraid to talk to parents about it. And we're like, no, you need to talk to your parents or um, or we'll connect them with community resources through their parents to get this map program or we'll do anything that we can to help them. But we did that. Specifically, because we know kids are struggling, mm-hmm. and we, they need to have a place and an outlet to to reach that support.
1: Oh, I love that. And and, and, and kind of an addition to the, if if your family's struggling with any of these things, of course we have that therapy referral, but we also have cool wraparound services mm-hmm. where sometimes, you know, as parents as families, you're just feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you're dealing with that kind of just chronic stress and and, right. and frustration with life, and and it's okay to ask for help, right? For sure, you know, and, and I, I mean, I know that as a parent, as a counselor, as a, as a human, but it's, that can be a humbling thing just to say, okay, but, but I love what you said. It can be empowering, right. you know, having heard that list, if, if you're like, oh my gosh, my, my child, or I've experienced so many of these, and I've never really been able to put a finger on that. It's okay to need help. We all need help sometimes just Mm -hmm. to get by in this tough world and 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 if you don't know where to start you know we are a great place to start and and great and and I love what you said that our school Mr. Bozarth is our vice principal and and you know so often like growing up I remember the vice principals at my school being the you know mean rule you know enforcers (laughs) like the cops of the school but he it's totally it takes that trauma informed approach as yes, well, which does. I which I love being a part of a team with teachers and counselors and office staff that have that perspective.
0: Right, because again, we're not we're focused on the success of the whole child, mm-hmm. and we know that school is a part of that, and that's a huge part of it, honestly. But home life and past experiences and things that make kids feel unsafe that's that's probably no doubt. Mm-hmm. even bigger than school. Sometimes yeah. that is everything to a student. And so we have to meet students where they're at and, and give them what they need. And that's part of our job. So so when we talk about um, these things, I mean, we, d- we definitely don't want to leave you with a hopeless feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these things happen to everyone. Um, right. um, but there's ways that we can help, right? For, for so, sure. so some of the things that we can do, um, just talking about mm-hmm. them, I think. It was so interesting to me uh, if you watch the Super Bowl, you may have seen, but there was a and I can't remember who it was or what team they were with or anything like that. But there was, you know, this big, tough football player and he's talking about his mental health mm. journey, you know, and and I'm like, that's so great because it's something we do need to talk about and yeah. people need to know it's OK to talk about it. And sometimes it takes somebody who's kind of like. Tough like that to say, look, I struggle <laughs> too. For other people to say, oh man, if he's struggling with suicidal thoughts or depression or, or whatever it may be, then maybe I, it's okay for me to yeah. talk about that and get some help too. And so I, I love that. Um, but even just talking to each other, talking mm-hmm. to a friend, talking to you know a clergy, talking to a counselor, if you're mm-hmm. going to get therapy for your children or yourself, I just, sometimes I say, I often say, um, that every student at school should have a therapist. For sure. Um, I mean, we're we not biased at all, of course. <laughs> well, we're counselors, so we know the benefits. We, we wouldn't be counselors if we didn't think that that was a, a super helpful thing. But, but when I see a student come in who is so closed off and doesn't want to talk, and then they finally get the relief of yeah. that burden out of their mm-hmm. heart and mind and everything else, it's just it's a great it's a great thing to see because then they're lightened and they can go off and they can actually do some of the things that they need to do here at
1: school for sure and and with that just again in, in a lot of the readings I've done there, there there's the reason that it can be so powerful is often especially as children there's a lot of shame no yeah, there, sure. there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of confusion there's a lot of sense of powerlessness or even self-blame mm-hmm. I mean I, I I could think of so many times where students, have, you know, in my 10 years as a counselor, have struggled with some of these aces in their life. And when they finally, you know, trust an adult, myself or Tanya or whoever, to to open up, you know, like you said, it just opens the floodgates because they've been building that up for so long where they've kind of been blaming themselves. They've kind of been just embarrassed and and confused. And, And being able to talk to an adult, whether that's a family member, counselor, whoever, like you said, where they're not judged, and they could just share their story. There's such power in that because it dispels a lot of that shame and guilt and pain that they've kind of just been holding inside in the dark, where it's kind of been festering and building up. And and there there is that's why I mean that's why therapy and counseling are so powerful mm-hmm. is because of that relationship and 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 it's so much of a healthy therapeutic relationship. I mean, the majority is just that relationship that you're not going to, you'd feel like you're not going to be judged and that you're cared for. And obviously that can happen with parents, that can happen with friends, that can happen in church, but counseling, you know, counselors were trained to be that way. Yeah. And, 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 just to brag on us a little bit, you know, I, I feel like counselors like myself and Tanya come to this career because we are that way. We're non-judgmental and we mm-hmm. just care and, and, and want
0: to help. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's our primary motivation is just wanting to help kids. We see this life and how hard it is and we see all the things that go on and we've lived through it. Our kids Mm -hmm. have lived through it. And so um, we just want kids to have support. We know we can't always protect kids from everything we teach them here about resiliency. We teach them, you know, how to handle the hard things when they come along. But one thing that we can do is understand that even though you might be right in the middle of one of these adverse childhood experiences, Mm -hmm and there's not a lot you can do about it. You can help your ch- children by being open to the conversations, by letting them talk to counselors, mm-hmm. therapists, by not hiding it. And I know sometimes it's hard for parents to talk about stuff with their kids too, but or they or they think that they're maybe protecting their mm-hmm. kids from it a little bit, but but I think if the more open and transparent we can be, then I think the more kids will be able to be okay through yeah. those adverse childhood experiences yeah. so you know there's a lot of literature out there there's a lot of research there's a lot of stuff on uh the google uh-huh. <laughs> so if you want to find out more information please please do lots of books on the topic and all of that kind of thing too so um, thank you for listening if you have questions concerns if you any of these things is ringing bells for you and you want to talk to either uh mr ld or myself please do so
1: all right thank you so much have all a right. wonderful day